Uh, roll intro. Mm. <laughs> 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 Shit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our uncustomary introduction, where we're giggling like a bunch of maniacs because we can. Anyway, this week we're doing recommendations, as recommended by the moniker. Hello, I'm back again, now that Nurgle's done fucking with me. For now, we don't know what the future holds there, kid. Yeah, there's some wood that I can knock on it. <laughs> and there we go. Can. Dying of the plague. And Darth Blasphemous. Hail to the dark side and damn these injuries. That's me, Game Goblin. We're gonna do some recommendation stuff on today's uh, episode, so if you've made it this far, stay tuned. Here's the intro. Feeling tired at the gaming table? Want to hear foul-mouthed jackasses poke fun at gaming companies when they screw up? Want an honest, street-level opinion from a team of gamers that call it like it is? Then Blunt Force Gamers may be the podcast for you. Listen on discretion advised. Uh, so recommendations. So we're talking about if you like X style of character or X gameplay. style of game. Uh, you know, that leads into this transitional piece, which is similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like, if you like Dungeons & Dragons, I would recommend Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Definitely, because that's the best way to get a, a D&D experience on a video game, and vice versa. If you like Skyrim and you've never tried Tabletop, well, then you could try Dungeons & Dragons as one of your first games. I think that's a really good one to lead with. I yeah. think so, too. Yeah. That's why I started it with it. Yeah. 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 If you like Warhammer, then you would not like Hello Kitty Adventure Island. Uh, I don't know. Maybe if you're into the memes and you like things like the Pretty Marines. The Pretty Marines. Or if you're just an Eldar player. <laughs> oh, so much sparkle paint. Dude, you know Shots they... Shots fired. Dude, there was actually a huge thing in the lore. It's like, oh, the next big thing in lore is coming. And everyone, you know, was so excited because it was about the Eldar. Those guys just cannot pull their weight in anything that they do. <laughs> like, they got their ass kicked by, like, a, um... Oh, what was it? Like, a Keeper of Secrets? Um, granted, that is a greater demon of Slanesh, but this thing... It couldn't beat Scarbrand, which is one of Korn's top dogs. It can only go toe-to-toe with him. And this thing gets its ass kicked on the daily by, like, Space Marines. And the Eldar can't even... With all their advanced technology, they can't even match up to that. And this was like several factions coming together. They're just... They're Sad. S- such pansies. <laughs> such pansy. Well, if uh, I would think that if you are a Warhammer 40k player, and if you're not playing the Warhammer 40k role-playing game, mm-hmm. which in its own right, the fucking system is so goddamn convoluted anyway, it's a pain in the ass... Then again, that whole universe is. Yeah, well, yeah, it's such a pain. I fell off my vehicle. Boom! You took fourteen points of lethal damage. Yeah, but I'm six right. inches off the ground. It doesn't matter. It's in the rules. It's like really. So I would suggest, though, uh, for a recommendation, if you like 40k, you could always play in the Palladium universe and do some adventures around Center or the Kree Empire. Okay. Or whatever the fuck they call them. I know that Symbiata loves his uh, plagiarism, so a lot of the names are similar. But they do have their own space uh, setting in the Rifts universe. So if you're doing Palladium and you're doing Rifts and you go into space, they have space armadas and mega damage and super weapons and all that shit. So you can do a 40k translation really easy. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Totally fun. So what would, uh, let's say, uh, let's say a player likes Grand Theft Auto V. What game would you recommend? D&D Modern. D20 Modern? D20 Modern, there you go. There you go. That was easy. Yeah. I mean, really, that's the easiest translation overall. (laughs) Even if we can get jokes like C4 with a 10-foot blast radius. I was trying to avoid that. You know it was going to happen. I only had to sidestep it. (laughs) <laughs> I just <laughs> and of course we're doing 5d6 points of psychic damage to poor goblin for this yes you are and just <laughs> 10 foot blast radius on a pound of c4 <laughs> who wrote that fucking book like did they not ask anybody or research it we had this wonderful invention called the internet 
Never like, heard of it. If it was written, it might not have been as popular. Okay, I mean, like, if I was back in the 80s, you know, back in a decade that mattered, and I went down to the public library, and I'm looking up <coughs> high-yield explosives, I'm probably going to get some guys in black sunglasses to show up at my front door, start asking questions like, hey, why are you looking up ANFO? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you looking up blasting caps and fertilizer? <laughs> I'm writing a role-playing game, really. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to Ted Kaczynski this shit. <clears throat> but hypothetically, with enough fertilizer, you can remove any building. But just go away from my house, please. I I'm researching this for a role-playing game. But on the internet, it's... Uh... It's much more anonymous. Well, it's not to... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More. Only in by the slightest. It's more common that people are looking this shit up, you know? Like, if you're a role player and you're looking this stuff up, eventually, you know, the fans are going to look at it and be like, oh, this is that guy who was looking up prostitutes and how to manufacture drugs this week, and now he's looking up political dis uh, dioramas or some shit. And the next week he's looking up high-yield explosives. Then he's looking up, you know, ancient Roman architecture. It's obviously a role player. Fuck this guy. Leave him alone. <laughs> the only way they would know that's a nerd because you missed one crucial thing when you're listing off all those things in their search history. Oh yeah, that's right. Because they play like over six thousand hours a month in like a MMO. No, not even that. You forgot between each search between like high octave explosives and you know whatever like narcotics trap porn. Oh yeah, yeah. They'd also be looking up unusual trap porn and shit. Yeah, that's how you tell. Yeah, you know, like their Google search history would be like. Mommy, what's an incel? <laughs> Mommy, what's an incel? Mommy, what's an incel? So, uh, yeah, there is that. And it goes quiet around the table. Alright, <laughs> let's pose this question. I am a Volcel, thank you very much. You are um, going to crunch that chair. I am going to crunch this As uh, you were mentioning earlier before we started recording, yeah. better off beaten off. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Thank you, Wheeler Walker Jr., for such a great song. Please sponsor us. <laughs> He's not going to sponsor us. He's country. Yeah, that's true. I'm Western. <laughs> yeah. We clash. All right. All right. Well, speaking of clashes, what do players of a certain archetype, like, let's say, Warlocks... Ah, oh, the Warlock. What sort of games would a Warlock player like? On the other side, so this is going from tabletop RPG back out into the rest of the world. Oh Maybe. well, um, Skyrim again. Yeah. Again, you can go with the Spellblade build really easy in that. But if we're gonna go into a games uh, similar like that, I would also say Overlord would be really good. Yeah, uh, uh, a good a, classic PlayStation game. There's a handful of uh, JRPGs where you play a magical girl, so it's basically the same thing. Uh, you could always play, um, it's an older title, but Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning? Hey, okay, now we have to disagree. Okay. I am sorry, sir, but Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning... Yeah. A shit artist... I, uh, I like a hack art. writer... Okay. A dude with too many dreams that even the state couldn't fund... <laughs> to make one of the most boring... Boring games. Uh, when Studio 54 shut down, I was like, number one, this sucks because it's somebody's dream going down the fucking flusher. Yeah. But on the second hand, the game sucks and the dev team are a bunch of people who just have really big names and not much substance. You know what? I think what was... It's like saying Kingdoms of Amalur is a successful video game in any way, shape, or form. It's like saying Stephen King is a good horror writer. You want to see horror? Turn on the 5 o'clock fucking news. That's horror right there. To be fair, though, with both of those guys, I think what Kingdoms of Amalur suffered from, it was just, especially in its... Too story. many Irish voice actors doing the fucking fatteries. Well, yeah, that. I mean... Well, they well you can't really blame them for that, because all of it was, you know, all the, like, if, from what I recall, like, all the lore was based off of, you know... Irish mythology because they straight up said like the Tuatha Day you know you got like the and you only needed one fucking button to play uh, yeah that's true but uh it was also well, it was just it's story... like I got, I got used to the controller scheme you know yeah. like 
fucking doing all the basics when I first started playing the game and some foresty swamp area. Yeah. By the time I got the late game, I'm just like, mash the X button. That's it. I'm winning. Yeah. No, see. That, <sighs> I could have played with a controller to automatically press the X button and probably won. Okay. Let me say what I did like about the game then. Okay. Okay. What I did like about the game was I thought the, um, how the skill trees worked. That was pretty cool. Uh, or, or, uh, not the skill tree, uh, class system. It's been a while. Uh, but how you chose what class you went into? That was that was cool. And far like it was, it was like a fucking MMO. Was that without the other players? Yeah. Like you could run into a, a map, and like there was this one spot where they had this well that was giving off like really good items. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out that if I ran all the way back across the map. Exited out, came back into the zone, fought my way to the well, I could loot it again. And the well was only like 30 seconds from one zone wall to another. So I was just running back and forth for like an hour and a half, looting the well until I realized it was not giving away anything good. And I'm like, this is like farming in an MMO. This is like playing EverQuest again. Hmm. I'm after giant eyes. I'm playing for an hour and a half, killing giants, getting fucking nothing. You know, I never... So, Kingdoms of Amalur, you, you can like it all you want. Okay. But you are free to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> On the one hand, I'll take it. But, you know, I will say this. That MMO comparison is actually really accurate for that game. It, it felt like a single-player MMO. Yeah. Basically. All right, I got one for you guys. Huh. What about someone that likes to play a bard? What kind of games would they like video game-wise? Uh, oh, video game-wise? To play a bard? Dance of the Necro... Uh, a Bard's Tale? Yeah, you know what I was going <laughs> to say? That's a fucking fun game! Crypt of the Necrodancer. There's also uh, Rhythm of Hylu- Hyrule, which is oh, basically yeah. the same thing for Zelda setting. Yeah. It's on the Switch. You know, I'll I'll go out on a limb here and I'll... Parappa the Rappa. <laughs> okay, I'm joking there. Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero. <laughs> There's well, actually I'm the... a rock band player, like, you rock know, band. a gentleman... All right, still on the same topic. It's a game called Eastshade. You play as a painter. It's mostly a peaceful game. But it's very bardic in that way, because you're basically finding things to snapshots with camera lenses, and your master painter just kind of does a little animation, and then the pictures are there. If you're a bard, if you're a bard player on the tabletop, you would easily get into Splatoon then. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. I was thinking Minecraft. I was also thinking... Well, uh, here's what I'm thinking about Minecraft, right? Uh, if you're playing a bard, not a lot of games out there actually allow you to be, like, the music maker guy himself. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of music making games. Uh, for example, they had one on... Mario Maker Studio. Yeah, the Modern Music Studio. And, uh, I said Mario Music Studio. Well, there's Mario like Music the Studio. Oh, <laughs> uh, there, there's a bunch of them, anyway. Uh, what I'm going on here is if you're playing Minecraft, you go out and get yourself a shit ton of different blocks, mm-hmm. you set up a giant redstone circuit, mm-hmm. and do it old school. Like, each note set at a specific time, and you basically do, like, those fucking weirdos who have way too much goddamn time and build a computer that's just a glorified calculator. Yeah. With, In Minecraft. With creepers crawling all over it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I've seen those dudes. It's a, it's a glorified TI-82 TI in a fucking 64-bit world. But if you're a bard player and you're playing it more for the making of actual music, I mean, Minecraft would challenge you to no end. Because each block is a different note, then you have to line up those notes, then you have to do the redstone circuits to get that note to fire at a specific interval and do this over and over and over and over again until you actually create a giant piano. So if you have too much time on your hands... Minecraft is a good way to do it. Minecraft is a great way to waste your time being a bard. <laughs> Look what I made, Mom. Bing, bing, bong. Yay. That's two months of my life gone. <laughs> <laughs> I would also say uh, games like Saints Row are good if you're playing a bard character in a sort of way. Because you can dress up like a bard. The dubstep gun. The dubstep gun. Hey, it's got mods on it, so you can run around blasting people with classical. <laughs> Nice. So, you know, here's some Tchaikovsky for you, motherfuckers. <laughs> Tchaikovsky with his cannons his instruments. Bang, bang! 
That would be something fucked up, man. Like, dress up like uh, Ludwig van Beethoven with a dubstep gun and just shoot people in classical. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. <clears throat> I could also see, you know, certain titles like The Witcher being a good one for the bard. Reason being, it does have an actual art of seduction that you can play to, play to throughout the game. True. True. And it's a fantastic game anyway, so. Yeah. What's something other than bards? We got hung up on bards here. I know, we got hung up Cleric? on bards. Cleric? Um... Nobody wants to play the healer. I mean... There was that surgery game for oh. uh, DS. Actually, no, no. Wait. Oh, yeah, to draw the center. There you yeah. go. There you go. Okay. For, for Cleric, there's actually one that's perfect. I don't know how far I can get away with uh, talking about this game, so fuck it, I'm gonna go full tilt. All right. <laughs> but there is a third-party game, and I by third-party, I mean developed non-lawfully as possible. And the whole point of the game is as non-lawful as possible. Okay. <laughs> okay. When we, when we get in that murky waters of legality, this is in the silt at the bottom for murkiness. Okay. All right. It is a Taliban simulator. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I, I think I... Where you go out and you commit acts of... Um, here in America, they call it terrorism, of course, but you, you go out you commit... Pretend we're on CNN. They would be freedom fighting? Oh, yes. They, well, they fight freedom. Uh, <laughs> they would be out committing acts of freedom fighting in the name of their glorious over deity. And you drive buses through schools and shit, and then explode at the end. Was it... Uh, is the game you're thinking of the one that was pretty much like a ROM hack based off of, an, like, an American-made game? Like, um, what was it? Like what? Splinter Cell or some shit? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, it based was... off of a really popular one. It was a hack. Uh, but if you you want to play a cleric, there you go. <laughs> wait, wait, don't forget about all those uh, super Christian games that came out where you got to play as Crusaders during the Great Crusades. Oh my god, dude. Great Crusades? Excuse me. I, I, you know, that's <laughs> what they were labeled. They were, were labeled this. And just, when I was uh, working at Nintendo way back in the day, actually that was like one of the biggest problems we had is people would call into the helpline and say their game isn't working. And I'd be like, okay, which title is it? And it'd be like something like Noah's Ark Bible Adventures. Because for some reason, religious people have to, you know, try to force their shit into everything. And I'll be like, I'll sit there on the bar, like, we can't help you with this game. It's not one of ours. And they would be like, well, the case looks like one of yours. The sticker's one of yours. And I'm like, it's not one of ours. It's, it's a pirated game. It was made illegally for the system. And they're like, Christians wouldn't do anything illegal. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh my god. Which my god happens to be the Tiki Monkey. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, he's the Tiki Monkey. Alright. He's I'll a luck monkey. monkey. Some days he just like sits on my shoulder and shits down my back. <laughs> and then rubs it on my face. And other days, he's really awesome and pats me on the head and points out shiny coins on the ground so I can actually eat lunch. He's a luck monkey. Some days good, some days bad. Just don't try to fuck with the Tiki Monkey, because he will fuck with you. Ook, ook. He will bite your face off. <laughs> exactly. Stupid monkey. <laughs> Stupid monkey. Uh, uh, yeah, for for that kind of stuff, though, uh, if you want to play a cleric, pretty much any D&D &D title. Yeah. Uh, for example, we got Kingmaker out right now. I'm not too enthused with that title. The ISO viewpoint of it and holy shit it does not like monks you know i got a um good good video game recommendation if you uh if you like clerics and stuff uh dark souls is really good for that for the while in dark souls 3 i think going clerics and miracles was the meta but um i thought it was archer oh no no, no, no. it was for dark souls 3 anyway it was uh well at least since i've been last played it, it was still um Miracle Caster. It's a uh, their cleric class. It uses miracles in. Um, they're pretty much the holy spellcaster instead. So you, you know you use faith instead of intelligence, and it's all lightning. And you can uh, join in different covenants, and you know either like the remnants of the gods or uh, 
Oh, it's been so long. I apologize. See, now that's starting to sound like Paladin almost. Ka-fucking smite. Well, most games, um, Paladin would be closer. Like, to go back on The Witcher, The Witcher is in his own right a Paladin. Yeah, he's an... He's He's out slaying evil with his shiny holy sword of silver. Yeah. So, would that make all the Castlevania games a Paladin? Castlevania, yeah, kinda, sorta. Then again, if you also like games with a lot of deep, immersive, just layers within layers within layers of shit sandwich in, you have Vampire the Masquerade or Vampire the Requiem as it is now. I would say second or third edition, anything after that shit, especially fifth. Fifth is just a fucking freak show. And if you're going on the video game side, as far as recommendations, if you like layers within layers within layers, you go for a real-time strategy game. Oh, Pretty yeah. much any RTS. Or grand strategy. Or grand strategy like Civ. Uh, oh, they're they're, they're more expanded ones, but they just got layers of shit. Crusader Kings 2. Uh, Stellaris. Stellaris. Uh, the Three Kingdoms. Oh, um, yeah, the the China one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know what you're talking yeah. about. Dynasties? It's not Dynasty Dynasties, War, uh, it's, um, Middle Kingdom? Is that what it's called? I think it's War of Three Kingdoms. Yeah, I think okay. so. I, I remember hearing that title. Uh, but those, those are games that have layers within layers within layers within layers of just crazy shit. And so if you're doing one of those RTS games and you want to try rolling dice, and you like layers upon layers upon layers of shit... You get into a game that's very politically oriented, politically themed, like Vampire, and every NPC has something going on, and it all weaves together in this giant, tangled cobweb. Yeah. So either way, you've got plenty of content to fuck around with. Yeah. Yeah. Or Crusader Kings too. That game is pretty much all about political intrigue and yeah. Europe and so it falls dynasties. Into the, it falls into that same strat- that same grand strategy. Same yeah. with uh, Hearts of Iron, Stellaris. And a few others that I know of, most of which through Paradox. Yeah. Um, but Stellaris does fantastically. It's like taking all the aspects of, you know, multiple tiers of, of management into space. It's okay. like when you're dealing with Stellaris, you're dealing with your planets, you're dealing with the star systems, you're dealing with your star bases and fleets, all of which you can design more or less, or at least manage what buildings are placed as the populations grow. And then there's like nine resources. Yeah, resource management games don't translate very well into role-playing for the most part, but they work. They can work. Yeah, those tend to be like wizards, and specifically maker wizards. Oh yeah, I have to say no. I would have to say though, if you also want to translate from JRPGs to tabletop, the translation is just so fucking smooth, it's just disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're a fan of Final Fantasy, say, 7, 8, 9, 10, I would say those four, that block right there especially. And I'll even say 12 on top of that, uh, before we get into the shit Final Fantasy games. 12 is edging on it. I know a lot of people hate on Pinello, but I love her. It's just my my bag. I like Gabranth. Of course you like Gabranth. Yeah. You homoerotic fuck. <laughs> anyway, if you're playing one of these JRPGs and you decide to play a tried-and-true Western role-playing game, it translates really well because you also have the class structure, you have different jobs for different characters. Like, our group right now, if we were to get into a D&D game, we'd have our fighter, mage, thief, cleric, our basic four. And when you're playing Final Fantasy, of course, you've got Cloud Strife. He's the uh, brute. He's the front line. He's the front line guy. Barrett's kind of secondary guy. And for your sneak thief, you know, there's always Yuffie. Yeah. Yuffie's a great sneak thief. And then, of course, you know, you're going to need your secondary healer once uh, bad shit happens. Spoiler alert, Eris dies. Is killed. <clears throat> is killed. Wait, it's been 25 years. Is it still spoiler worthy? I... Uh, no. It's too late. You've already put it there. Oh, yeah, that's right. Eris dies, or Aerith. But at the same time, you know, you're in these games, when you have eight, you basically designate who's going to be the primary uh, brutalizer, which is usually Squall. You'll have, like, fuck, uh, shit, I... Quistus is healer? 
I guess. Actually, Reno is a better healer, but she's also a great damage dealer. But still, at the same token, you get where I'm going, is each character has a different role within the party. You know, like, my last group uh, in 8, Renoa was the healer, Squall was the uh, damage dealer, and Zell was the thief. So I had my basic four right there, and then, of course, when I moved into Final Fantasy X, each one of those guys had their own damage dealing. Of course, you got Auron. Yeah, damage, he's got it. Mm -hmm. The main character sucks in comparison. Quistus and Tifa give me something to look at. Uh, I've always been more for Quistus. School teacher with a bullwhip, hot blonde with glasses, knee-high boots. How could you go wrong? Yeah. Yeah, Quistus <laughs> is pretty much just MILF material. She's not a MILF, she's 18. Is she really? Uh-huh. Aesthetically, she's MILF material. Aesthetically, she's MILF material, but during the game, she's like 18. Huh. Now, if you want MILF material, that would be Adia. Yeah. And, you know, for... Storylines that require a lot of thinking. So if you're playing a dice game that requires a lot of thinking, there's always Paranoia, Vampire Masquerade, Dungeons and Dragons, depending on you know how your GM's running shit. Pathfinder. Pathfinder. Lots of thinking in those games. At the same token, if you want a lot of thinking about background and storyline development and you just want your head to explode, try figuring out the storyline from point A to point Z in Final Fantasy VII. Without having your head implode. <laughs> or when you're playing Final Fantasy VIII, think about time compression. When you're playing Final Fantasy IX, uh, shit for deep immersive stories that really get you by the, the fucking heartstrings, there's always Vivi. Oh, little Vivi. Yeah, you ever play the game till the post credits? No, I haven't. Yeah, you want to cry? There you go. Okay. Watch the game, play the game till the post credits. Uh, let them reveal what happens to Vivi after you beat the final boss. I'm gonna sound like a fake now, saying a oh, poor Vivi, and then saying I haven't played until the credits. Mm -hmm. It's because I lost my PSP for like years. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna pass one out to you guys now that I've dominated the microphone for a little while. Uh huh. If somebody's playing The Sims, what role-playing game would they want to play? <laughs> mm, uh huh. Sims. Hey, The Sims is hella popular. It oh is. yeah. 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 And we can also probably lump it in with things like Spore, which is like the make a creature from the same people. Um, I would say if you want to do The Sims D20 Modern, because it has a lot, like the first three levels of being in that campaign, in that world, that universe, that system, is basically just being a, a grown ass adult. It is quite literally being a grown-ass adult at level 3. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't is. play video games so I can be a grown-ass adult. I mean, it's just part of why people like The Sims is that you can fulfill the fantasy of owning a home, having, <laughs> yeah. a, steady, having a steady job, having a family that you choose. Having a job that I can work at unless I do really shitty or I quit. Pretty much. But it's always there. And I get promotions. I can get a promotion at my job for doing good work. Yeah. These are all fantasies that The Sims lives out. Yeah, it's D20 not like a lateral promotion from fry cook to dishwasher. It's not, not a promotion. Is that how that works? Dude, okay. And for, for The Sims, and uh, this is a little bit of real life, and I know they don't listen at work, so haha. The CEO of my company... Yeah. Has just gotten a lateral promotion to head of maintenance. Huh. They call it a promotion. That CEO to head of maintenance. I mean, promotion does This is something that doesn't happen demoting. in Sims. You don't get downgraded unless you do really, really badly. But, yeah. This guy's been CEO for almost two decades. Hmm. Yeah. Uh-oh. Blasphemous is being cruelly quiet. What well, if I was to construct the idea here of, of running all that? I mean, part of that, if you're going for the whole, you know, control of life, running through stuff, I mean, maybe if you just get really deep into. Told you you were going to crush And the there chair. was a chair break on the microphone. <laughs> I. How? I don't know. Congratulations, how. listeners. More weird noises ensue. That did show a pretty nice little rectangle there. 
Yeah, it made a really nice rectangle on our audio recorder. <laughs> I fucking called it, too. You were going to crunch the chair. Huh. I got them for free. It doesn't matter. What? Uh, well, okay, okay. Blasphemous, how about this? What if I wanted to play a role-playing game? Okay? So, I sit down with my friends with books and dice, and I want to play a role-playing game. But it has dinosaurs I can recruit into my own army. In like a primeval world. And take on fantastical boss creatures like dragons and manticores. What what role-playing game would I play? Well, really, we can't keep going back to D&D because it all depends on what your uh, GM does. You know, you could totally run one of those primeval worlds where it's survival and you can go through all this stuff and get a friggin', you know, T-Rex mount. But, um, you know, from playing Ark Online, translating into a tabletop, like, the bounds are pretty endless there for a lot of different systems. It all depends on what your storyteller GM does. Oh, yeah? How about we just remove what my storyteller does and just get right down to brass tacks of game system? Once again, I bring up my favorite plagiarist, Kevin Symbietta. I go to World Book, uh, whatever the fuck, Dinosaur Swamps of Florida. I'm playing Rifts. I get myself book number whatever the fuck, the, the, the Big Book of Boom, the Rooney book. I get myself some Naruni tech. I head out to the swamps of Florida. Bam! I got shot collars for dinosaurs that, like, mind wipe them. <laughs> Pow! Dinosaur army built in and baked in the system itself. Cool. And I could probably do this with GURPS, too. And GURPS is, uh... GURPS is that one that, like, if everybody is sitting around and they're playing, like, the same fucking game, uh, doing it like an MMO, or doing a LAN party, whatever. Even though LAN parties, I mean, I, well, I just dated myself. No, I got you. I got that in reference, too. Okay. We actually did those when I was a kid, but that's because we were poor. I mean, we did that when I was a kid, too. But... It's not a LAN party until people start bringing milk crates. Anyhow, if everybody's playing the same game, let's say we're doing, all of us are doing GTA 5 online, which is basically playing The Purge online. It is. GURPS has a book for it somewhere. If we're all playing fucking League of Legends, tower defense fucking game, GURPS has a book for it somewhere. The operative uh, word in that phrase there being if we're playing League of Legends, because... If. I, I There's don't, no reason to touch that game with a pole. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't even touch that game with a stolen dick, okay? That's just my... <laughs> that, that, that's where I'm at, alright? So, regardless of what game you're playing, if you're playing a video game with a bunch of your friends, if you're all doing uh, shit that one in space that everybody loves so much that I forgot the name of because I didn't love it so much... Basically, all you do is fly around in a pod and build shit and collect resources. Oh, uh... Yeah, you know the one I'm talking about. No Man's Sky? No, no. No, not No Man's Sky. This is pre-No Man's Sky. MMO? It's an MMO. EVE Online? Yeah, EVE Online. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah, if you... Freelancer? They're they're both about the same. Yeah, they're both about the same. What I'm trying to say, though, is if you got a group of friends and you're all playing the same game online and you want to do it, like, in an offline setting with actual storylines that you build and shit... GURPS has probably got a book for it. The Generic Universal Roleplay System. Developed by Steve Jackson Games. A guy so successful, his name is on the company. Take that, Bill Gates. <laughs> it's not Bill Gates or Soft. Okay. Bill Gates. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Only um, his wife can confirm that. I'm not gonna ask Millennia a question or whatever the... Melanona, whatever the fuck. It's... Neither here. Nor there. Winona. Melania. I have. I don't know her name. <laughs> it's hardly relevant to this immediate discussion. P- there's richer people out there to pay attention to now. Take that, Bill. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely when it comes to stuff like that, there's some pretty easy translations. Like, if you're a Star Wars fan, there's the Star Wars RPG. That, that's, One of several. Yes, yeah, straight across. Rel Parsa for the win. Mm-hmm. Or uh, was that? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Whatever. But Star Trek, if you're like a Star Trek fan, do they even have an RP system? I think they have an RP system. The problem with Star Trek, though, is if... Here's my problem with Star Trek as a role-playing game. 
and most games, like, fuck, the mobile titles are so wildly off base. Wildly off base. Because as far as story is concerned, your phasers are the last resort. Absolutely. You encounter a hostile life form, your phasers are primarily for defense only. Right? And anytime you encounter something, it's a game about exploration and diplomacy and making new friends and everybody's being buddy buddy and there's no currency system but there is a currency system somehow whatever it is the como kami socialist whatever fucking utopia where everything is made by replicators you don't really have needs all that much unless the replicator breaks and at that point, you've got two or three guys who can fix it, and boom, yeah. you're gone. Yeah, and the primary storyline of Star Trek is supposed to be missions of peace and diplomacy. <laughs> Most players aren't into that. They want the big booms. They're like, fuck that, I'm playing Klingon side. Yeah. They'd rather play Klingons, who are, you know, they're about war. They would rather play Romulans, who are about intrigue. Or Ferengis, who are, you know... Commerce. About making sure their borders stay closed on their planet while everybody else has open borders. Can you play as Borg? Borg? That's what they call it, isn't it? I don't know how Jack Borg? Yeah. You yeah. can't you can't play a Borg unless you're like a rogue Borg, probably, but Or it's one of the or you have to find some concoctive real reason. Yeah. Because I know like seven of nine, I think, is a Borg yeah, that she was reprogrammed. Well, she was. Uh, I can't remember if she, she was, was unplugged from the Matrix. Yeah, basically, she was differentiated from, and so so too was. But Lutus, yeah, most but, uh, of the, the games that come out for Star Trek, especially on the video game side, uh, there's only one that I played that actually was any good. And it was a Star Trek game on the original NES system, and it was more like a game called Shadows Gate, also on the NES system. I also recommend that game if anybody ever wants a puzzler it's like mist before mist became anger inducing <laughs> anywho uh star trek mostly most of the games nowadays they're mostly shoot them up pow pows build your ship put bigger weapons on it the mmo that's primarily what it was the first 20 levels you're just going up in levels and all of your campaigns where you get into a fight with something is of course you're defending which isn't true because I'm there looking for a fucking fight. I'm like, ooh, look, Klingon escorts. Fuck them. <laughs> All bow before the power of Nerg. <laughs> so you were playing as Janeway then? No, I was playing as Nerg, world dominator. <laughs> he got into the Starfleet on a technicality. <laughs> he was short. <laughs> what, what race was he? Uh, actually, I went with Nerg. I went with a custom race. And the fucked up part, here's the truly fucked up part, okay? One of the things that translates really well from Western RPGs and Japanese RPGs to role-playing games is character creation and customization, right? I mean, you just create whatever the fuck you want, this is my character, and some games, especially games like City of uh, Heroes, City of Villains, they encapsulate this really well, and you fucking Skyrim... How wide do I want my nose bridge to be? <laughs> Holy shit. Talk about levels of customization. And of course there's mods if you don't like how pointy your chin is. You just take it to whole new levels. And fucking... On Star Trek, they did this. The custom character generator... You could go buck-ass wild. And my first character, I spent like three hours just on the character select screen. Making every fucking thing perfect. <laughs> you should, perfect. You should share this character when we're done recording. Um, my Andorian, my, my first character was an Andorian female. Of course, I got four genders. Legit, by the lore. Okay. Okay, this isn't, you know, XY. They, they actually have like XY, XXZXY, NLMNOPO. But they got four genders, like one opens the canal way, another one inseminates, another one impregnates. It's just it's this weird collage of slime and sex. I like to think <laughs> that in someone's uh, <coughs> creative universe that there's a race that you need a foursome just to reproduce. Well, that's just... Andorians were created by him, the original 
Star Trek dude. He's dead. His name doesn't matter anymore. He's dead. It does matter. I'm looking it up. Jerry's dead. Get a job. Anyway. Pool's closed. Pool's closed. Anyway, I spent like three hours on this fucking Andorian character getting every fucking absolute thing perfect. Height, weight, proportion, facial features. No one ever said a fucking thing. Gene Roddenberry. Uh, I had already buried the body and buried the name too. Fuck you. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, one of the things I did, and I was on the roleplay server for a while, and I did the Starfleet uniform, but instead of the standard colors, I went with gray. Only one roleplayer ever figured out what the fuck that meant. I was like, kudos to you, dude. Props. Uh, for what gray, does it mean? Uh, okay, when you're going by New School, of course, because they switched some of the colors around, red is command, blue is medic, green used to be science ops, uh, Yellow is engineering. I went with gray because that's internal affairs. Ah. So I show up on Deep Space Nine wearing a Starfleet uniform that's black and gray. And like some, then a lot of people there are role-playing and emoting and shit, and I show up. And one of the guys is like, shush, IA is here. <laughs> and I just walk over to the bar, order a drink from Quark, have a couple of drinks... Pop out my scanner, scan a few people, and nobody says a fucking thing except one guy gives me, you know, he emotes with a funny look, and the other guy's like, shush, don't fuck with IA. <laughs> and then I just walk towards the door, I'm like, I type in open chat, have a nice day, and leave. <laughs> so, you know, that was fun to do on roleplay. But Nerg, when we get to it, I had no ideas, I just knew that my other character, you know, because when you start out in Star Trek, you start with your ship. And you get one of three choices, and the choice that I went with my ship was an escort. I wanted fucking full force damage dealer. <laughs> and so when I created Nurk, I shrunk him down as far as I could. Tiny little legs, tiny little torso, super long arms, super long fingers. Uh, made him gray. He had like these weird uh, knobs on his head. I made his head just as oversized as fucking possible. Like 70% of his body weight was head. <laughs> giant black eyes and I just like run around and be like bow before the power of nerd <laughs> <laughs> and of course I had my little ray gun because I had uh, special guns because of my collector's edition <clears throat> so I had a ray gun to go with it and so yes I made a, a legit Martian his name was Nerg Eitel Nitrum which backwards was Green Little Martian <laughs> and I would run around all over the place screaming that I was going to probe people and kidnap cows and all sorts of shit everywhere I went people loved that character <laughs> like somebody would be on a mission I'd zone in on the same spot and I'd be like bow before the power of Nurg they do not know the might of Nurg's massive escort ship and people would just start cracking up laughing and I'd just fly right in <laughs> just like they'd still be prepping and shit I'm like the enemy will be caught unaware if I attack them before I'm ready. <laughs> Fly in and start attacking. Everybody loved Nerg. And like, even when I was sitting around, I'd go AFK and come back, you know, from like eating dinner or whatever, and people would like compliment me on my looks. <laughs> Nerg took me all of about 20 minutes to make. <laughs> God damn it. But... Um, if there's any moral to the story, games like Star Trek Online, games like Saints Row, especially Saints Row, if you like character customization and you just like to play your own person, go for that. Uh, especially if you're you know used to playing on tabletop, where you customize everything. You're like, my character's got heterochromia and he's missing a tooth. Yeah. There are games that allow for this kind of shit now. Like where your character's blind in one eye. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online. Mm -hmm. Licks the windows. He's blind in the right eye, but he's an archer build. <laughs> Hence the name Licks the Windows. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so if you're playing a tabletop game and you want to play a game that allows for a lot of character customization, read and review on these. I would actually suggest ESO. It's a very robust game. Lots of layers. Tons of character customization. It's not Nerg, but it's Licks the Windows. He gets the job done. He has just got to aim with the wrong eye. So his shots are a little bit down into the right. <laughs> Better hope he's not aiming for the guy next to you. Exactly. Yeah. All right. What about puzzler games? We mentioned them. We kind of touched on it. Like 
portal or mist or similar idea what what sort of games do you think other players would enjoy tetris chill <laughs> well of course paranoia but puzzler uh, Mario, or uh, not Mario, uh, Luigi's Mansions, because all those are puzzles. Uh, teenagers from Outer Space, that could be a puzzler. Uh, any of the classic Legend of Zelda games, those are great puzzle games. Oh yeah, Legend of Zelda. The problem with uh, playing a puzzler in role-playing terms is most of the time your players won't get it, even if it is super obvious. Like, connect all the squares by drawing only three lines. You know, he's just like, oh! Everybody just suddenly, like, brain farts, even if he... It's like Jeopardy, okay? When, when people are doing a puzzler at a role-playing game, like, any of us can sit around and watch Jeopardy all night long and guess half of the shit right. Maybe like, oh, it's a pound of this! Oh, flesh! Woo, werewolves for 200! What is a pound of flesh, um... Chick who flips the numbers. I don't know. I stopped paying attention. But anyway, what I'm saying is people like sitting there casually looking at this shit. Wildly intelligent. But imagine actually being on the stage and being under pressure. Having people there sitting next to you who are not allowed to give you the answer or nudge you. Like, you know, like when the GM says, oh, you got to figure this puzzle out on your own. You can't dialogue with the other players. They're not in the room with you. Yeah. You're on the spot. Your brain suddenly goes, Grr! <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's happened to... Uh, everyone, pretty much. Yeah, that happens to everyone. It <laughs> seems to happen a lot with our party over in Blasphemous' campaign here, but... If we ever get to play again... Yeah. Hey, I need to talk to you about that happening. People who annoy you, okay? Randy should have got it right. It was the letter A, not the letter I. But he was on the spot. I'm sure if he was sitting at home watching Jeopardy, he'd be like, Oh... Naggers! And he would have got it right, and that episode of South Park would be a lot less funny. <laughs> Just saying that when you're on the spot, puzzlers don't translate very well into the Dyson Books category. That, well, that's that's been dead. There are other, there's also other games too. Um, uh, Descent Dark Caverns or something like that? Oh, you're talking about the board game? The board game slash half-ass roleplay game. You know, if someone likes uh, Puzzler's a good one, it is uh, Limbo. That's a good one. Limbo's a good puzzler, definitely. Yeah. Mag Runner, Dark Pulse. Sorry. It's a similar idea to, pul to Portal, but it's the idea of using magnetism instead of matter transfer in portals. Well, there's also the thing, you know, that... Who here with a portal gun? Would not shoot one wall in front of them and one wall behind them. Stand in between themselves and see what it feels like to, you know, touch yourself inappropriately hands-free. I totally do that. No, no, not a chance in hell. <laughs> I totally would. It's not gay if you're doing it to yourself. <laughs> At that point, it's masturbation. <laughs> At that point, if it's a clone, is it incest? There is a lot of weirdness that goes on to that question, too. Uh, yes, it is incest. <laughs> because of the way the cellular regeneration works. By the time you got around to actually doing it, most of the cells would be refreshed. And within six months, it'd be an absolutely different person with your face. So, another question then. What about, like, if you like to play the Call of Cthulhu uh, RPG, what are good games besides Cthulhu esque games. I got this Bloodborne. Bloodborne takes heavily from, uh, like, Lovecraftian, very much gothic horror. Uh, you know, the whole aesthetic is kind of um, set in, you know, kind of your standard Victorian England, you know, there's, like, the, the tainted blood that's cursed the town of Yarnum. You know, the people are affected by not only the cursed blood and turning into monsters, but that there's, you know, deities that come from the moon. It's, um, uh, That'd be a good game for any Cthulhu lovers out there. I'd also say Vampire Bloodlines, if you're into the classics. Yeah. Uh, most of the story revolves around the Encar and Sarcophagus. And of course, shit gets kind of weird uh, near the end, and the, the combat side of it especially. 
But as far as storyline side, like everybody is speculating all the way up till the end of the game. What's in the Ankaran sarcophagus? And the way they actually end the game, it's not, it is lore, but it isn't lore at the same time. So it still leaves you going, well, it depends on what answer I give at the very end of the game. Who do I side with? Kind of chooses what's inside the Ankaran sarcophagus. But up to that point, it's just this huge mystery. And Cthulhu, you know, especially when you're playing the uh, tabletop game, there's a lot of research and mystery and puzzle solving and trying to find your way to the big-ass monster at the end of it. But the entire adventure always asking, is it really what I'm thinking it is? Yeah. You know, so oh, there is that. Yeah. Again, Mag Runner. Or Parasite Eve, if you're also into PlayStation Classics. Oh, yeah, Parasite Eve would be a good one. Yeah. Would you say Silent Hill, or is that too is that too easy? Um, I, mean, I think that's falling more into the zombie trope. No, Silent Hill is more the hell trope. Yeah, I mean, the first game, that was a uh, spin-off, but that dealt with cultists, didn't it? You know, agree. that just yeah. struck me as a good one for anyone who wants who is a cleric. You might like any of those zombie games, because what's the number one ability a lot of clerics have? Turn Undead. Yeah, well, in most zombie games nowadays, Turn Undead is called Shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> turn Undead into more dead. <laughs> yeah. Turn Undead, one more blade. <laughs> yeah. Um... Die, 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 stay dead. <laughs> I mean, if you want a zombie game, boom, state of decay, you're done. Yeah. There's so fucking many of them out nowadays that just pick one and you've played them all. More or less. I mean, there's only some of them that I even have differing mechanics these days. Well, Left 4 Dead was a, you know, brand new idea at its time of an actual survival co-op game. Yeah, Left, yeah. 4, Left 4 Dead back in the day, that was that was fun. But, you know, just, just kind of going what you guys are saying about the oversaturation. Like, I was just looking at the Switch's, you know, online store. And one of the games on there was actually titled, it was something like, Another Zombie Survival Game. And I get that they're going for, you know, an ironic title, but, you know... When it encapsulates the entire game? Yeah, when it encapsulates the entire game and they're not actually doing anything that breaks that formula, you're just kind of falling... You're, it's like you're making you're a joke the, out of yourself. Yeah, it's like <laughs> when you're going through the app store on your phone yeah. and it's like, another life simulator. Yeah. Another MMO. Another card collector. Yeah, they have them to, yeah, they have yeah. them listed as that. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all I thought when I saw that was, well, glad to know what you're all about, and I will not be purchasing. <laughs> there was one, actually, cool game that I want to get. It's um, it's only $5, so of course I'm not expecting, you know, fucking Skyrim from this thing. But it looked kind of cool. It was done in the style of, like, uh, PlayStation 1 era graphics. It's called Sagebrush. And it's about um, going on to, like, a Waco, Texas-esque cult compound after they all drank the Kool-Aid and trying to uh, piece together what happened. It looks really creepy and really cool, so... At that point, it's more of a mystery game. Yeah, exactly. So that's... I don't know. That could be kind of Cthulhu-y, what with cults and... Or Legacy shit of Cain. Like What's that? Or the Legacy of Cain series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good. The first game was uh, really flimsy, but they kept building on the myth lore with each subsequent game. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's let's lay down an easy one. Barbarians. Oh, barbarians! Oh, that is so easy. God of War. Yeah. <laughs> you God of War. Conan Exiles. Yeah. True. Yep. Seriously, dude, you are going to wind up on the floor with that thing. I'm going to move this chair real quick. Yeah. Just... Oh my god, that chair is so super fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I just touched the leg, that's all I did. It's going right over here. Excuse yeah. Moniker while he runs away to deal with chair issues. <laughs> that chair couldn't handle this much, man. <laughs> <laughs> But, well, I mean, the chair was built in, like, the 50s, so that's back when people weighed half as much as all of us. Yeah, that's fair. I need to lose some weight. <laughs> you know, I think a good game for Barbarian, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. You know, you go in as Jack Ryden, you know, he's kind of become a little more unhinged, both literally and mental, you know, uh, figuratively. And that entire game, it introduced a system where uh, you kind of go into, like, a slow-mo when you get real close to an enemy. And you can just turn him into sashimi right there with your sword. 
rip out their organ that has all of, like their electrolytes, crush in your hand, boom, you heal yourself by butchering your fellow man. Oh, there's one actually, uh, and we do this a lot at the game table, and you know sometimes you know we don't get to do it, and you know some gyms give a special dispensation, like mm-hmm. when you roll a critical, describe your action in detail, hit for hit, as you take down the enemy. Right? A lot of times, you know, like, ooh, my character charges in, swings a sword, and he's going to go for, like, a lateral slice on the torso, and the GM's like, shut up. You're, you're just rolling the hit, roll your d20. And a lot of us like to try to get in there and, you know, like, do these, like, super power combos and describe every action. Which brings me to another game that was oft overlooked. It's called Wet. Wet well, was good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, with yeah, the, yeah, the bullet wet. time. So you got a little bit of your action Hollywood sequence shit going on, you know, you jump through a window, you do the slow-mo, like, dive, pull out both guns, and you're sliding a lot in the wall, and you just, like, pop, 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 pop. There you go. You're in full control of the action at the moment. Ah, back in the day when they actually had innovation every year at E3. (laughs) Innovation? E3? Man, it's been a while. Yeah. You know, if you guys like that one, uh, what you're saying with, what, uh, Super Hot, that's another cool one that you're looking for. Yeah, totally. Super Hot. Another good one is Prototype. And oh, Prototype's fun. Prototype's really fun. Have they had any recent games? There's Prototype 2, but I don't know if there's another one past that. Okay. Well, we're getting there to final thoughts. Uh, final recommendations just in general for gaming. Uh, I feel that would be a good way to end this one. Alright. I would say don't be afraid to listen to recommendations from your friends. Like, I got turned on to Darkest Dungeon because I had talked up another game called um, Eratus Lord of the Dead to my boss, who's like, I'm getting this, this Darkest Dungeon vibe, and if you like this Eratus game, I'm pretty sure you are going to love the crap out of Darkest Dungeon. He was absolutely right. Yeah, that's kind of what happened to me. I was playing a bunch of games, and I've never really liked the isometric third camera down point of view. And I went over to a friend's game, a friend's place. <laughs> no, sorry, different thoughts colliding ahead. Anyway, I went to a friend's place, and it, we were doing a gaming kind of dry spell. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't getting my D and D on for quite some time. And he shows me this game called Oblivion, and I'm like, "Holy fuck, that will fill the void." <laughs> and this was back when Bethesda had some bit of reputation that was still good. And I started playing Oblivion, and next 500 hours of my life went away. (laughs) So I would recommend, yeah, definitely, if a friend recommends a game where you see a game being played, and it looks interesting, you might find a treasure that you were not expecting, because it... Oblivion spoiled me, and then I moved on to Skyrim, and that style of gameplay is predominantly what I look for first, that first-person, massive world, I can do whatever I want, it's my own adventure kind of game. Yeah. So, never know what you're going to find. That's how I discovered Mass Effect. Same way. Went to another friend's place. And he showed me a little bit of gameplay. And I was like, holy fuck. I'm in. And the same goes for tabletop games. Sometimes, you know, a guy might be playing a game. And it doesn't sound like it's going to ring with you. Mm-hmm. Like, rifts wouldn't ring with most people. If you really look through the the rules and shit. And take a good deep look at it. You might be like, eh, this isn't my groove. But on the other hand, don't knock it till you try it. Yeah, pretty much. It's like... Fifth edition sucks. <sighs> Carry on. Just to reiterate. Uh, my final thoughts? Hmm. I think I'll leave with a game recommendation. Uh... Hello Kitty's Adventure Island. Damn it. Stole it. I did. No. Um... Let's see. I really like Bloodborne, man. I mean, especially since it's getting towards that time of year for, you know, scary and horror and stuff. Yeah, especially since, you know, bringing up Cthulhu. It's just a great game. It's been out for a couple years. You can probably get it for real cheap. Uh, Try it out. And the difficulty uh, is really high, so it gives you a nice good challenge. Well, speaking of Cthulhu real quick, if you happen to get a hold of some of the writings from the Cthulhu Mythos stuff... Especially the things written in unpronounceable languages. 
Uh, since we live here in the Pacific Northwest, next time you take a ferry over to the islands or go over to the peninsula, just whip that out and start reading it on deck among your friends. It'll fuck with them, trust me. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm trying that next time I go over to Whitby. <laughs> we did this one time. We were going on the ferry. It was middle of night, and I look over at the bow of the ship, and I'm like, hey, you know, they they never said that he is specifically in Ryla. He yeah. can be anywhere. It sure is dark down there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spoopy. All right. I guess, say, for my final thoughts, when it comes to translating your likes to different games, branch out. Uh, just start YouTubing different game stuff. And if it comes down to it, just GM for yourself out of a D&D Pathfinder D20 whatever and just get some people to play a game, you know. It, be... Be ready to try stuff, but don't be afraid to run something if you're having a hard time finding someone to run what you want to do. Um, you know, just have fun with it. As much fun as possible. Game Goblin, out. Castle Cat, back to the skies. Moniker, bye. Hail to the dark side. This is Darth Blasphemous ending transmission. Freedom for Hong Kong.